Welcome everybody to. We have a name for this yet? That's just uh, Lynch with no. You know, Lynch kickers <laughs> on of elves on Lynch. Anyways, we've been talking kickers of elves on Lynch. We've been talking about all these Lynch movies, and now we're talking about this one. We're talking about uh, Wild at Heart, right? Yes, Wild at Heart. Yes. It is from 1990. It uh, debuted August 17th, 1990. And here is the IMDb description. Young lovers Sailor and Lula run from a variety of weirdos that Lula's mom is hired to kill Sailor. Which is really... It feels... That's... Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's not a very complicated plot. (laughs) No. Yeah. This movie, man. This movie's a lot of... So, Hugh, you said in the text that this is your, and I'm not, I, like, I, because I'm still kind of unformed in a lot of opinions on this. So, you think this is your favorite? I think, so yes. Far, right? This is definitely my favorite. So, I want to hear you talk about it for a while. Uh, out of out of the first four that we've watched, Eraserhead, The Elephant Man, and Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart is easily my favorite one so far. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that it's probably got the most. I don't know, like humane or like there's a lot of humanity and warmth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels very genuine. Like it, it doesn't feel forced. It feels there's a weird natural chemistry between uh, Laura Dern and Nick Cage um, mm-hmm. that's palpable and believable. I just yeah, I think that it's just a better. So their relationship is what. Yes, uh, the, the power. Yeah, but not only just how, it's just how everything is structured around the relationship. Okay, so mm-hmm. they they're uh-huh. part of like a mad like they're sort of islands on a of a like a world of madness, and mm-hmm. that's how they survive and get by. But because they're young and dumb, and because they're Full product. Cut. Yes, yes, very Pro- much. <laughs> products of their circumstance, but but they're both like clearly products of their circumstances. That's what I like too about yes. this because it's they're yeah. that's very like fleshed out and you know well well realized. Comes at a sharper relief the kind of backgrounds they have inform what they're doing on screen. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it it's like a weird. It's supposed to be surreal, but it's very realistic. It's it's weird how it does huh. that. So it oscillates yeah. between surrealism and 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 uh, but grounded in like a an emotional truth. I, I think I get. I think I get what you're saying. I really do. Like I think they're. I have a lot. Like a. I feel like I have several key and negative emotions about the movie. But the. the but like. Uh, like the biggest like thing that I. The, the biggest feeling I have for the movie is that they're they work. Yes. Like they really work. Like that. Like them together at this period, and. Like I don't know. Like I. I feel like they were really. They were really both in it and, and both pretty fearless. Right. And. It seems like uh, Nicolas Cage. I don't know. It seems like the first time that he kind of got it, like when, like in his career. Like I love him in in, in Raising Arizona. Don't get me fucking wrong. And I love. Uh, I'm sure he's good in Moonstruck. I don't remember. I don't think I've ever seen Moonstruck. But uh, yeah, he's great. Eh? Like he See, is. Like what I've seen him before. Like there was like like hard like hard to be around. But this was like he gets the joke. He's fun. He. You know, like that, like, I feel like he clicked with David Lynch. And that's like, I 
I would like to know why. I would like huh. to have seen David Lynch to work with Cage more. Yeah. I he never, would have... He's one of the few that never has. He's never worked with him again. Yeah. Probably got for too me, big. I, for yeah. me, I, did, I didn't see that. For me, it felt of a piece of Raising Arizona, but also uh, more than any other Cage movie, early Cage. It reminded me of, what's the vampire one he's in? Uh, oh no 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 no! It's, I'm a it's so much looser than that. And it just, it's so much it's looser like, than that. Huh? That it's is much looser. I think it's looser. And yeah, more, more relaxed. It, it's than looser, before. but his performance is all. I mean, it's like it's and, arch. Well, it's not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shit talk. I think he's great mm-hmm. in this, but like it's early. It's it's him going all out in early Nick Cage roles, and I don't know. I mean, I had I enjoyed the hell out of this. Like this is the most. Mm-hmm fun david lynch movie we've had to this point oh, in yeah, a way yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, that's a great down. that's a great point i didn't even think of yeah. it like that but that's an that's an excellent point i've called him a horror director and i still feel pretty comfortable saying that but like this is not a horror movie. like in no element is this oh i mean horror like in the way that he used in blue velvet i think like there's creepy scenes like the scene with um like don't like like i'm not trying to like the like Willem Dafoe's a monster in this movie. Oh yeah, like uh, full but, blown, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, almost like a singular yeah, like force, a force of nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and horrible, and just just horrible. But it right. This it, this it to me, it's it's more played like an action villain than a. Well, for me, this this movie, I I like I understand why people don't like. I I, I had so much fun with this movie. And, mm-hmm. But like, and I I get the sense it's not it's a lot of people's not most favorite Lynch movie. But uh, why? It, why do you think that is? Because it's the only the one for me. Uh, this is the only one that's an act. This is Lynch's only comedy, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Because and is, I think that doesn't work in its favor. I, in my opinion, um, oh, as far I, as like I, people were looking at it as like his oeuvre and his film work yeah i get that for me it worked because it's just like so off the wall and crazy and uh-huh. fun but like like i don't know there's certain things about like it felt a lot it reminded me because i'm a coen brothers guy i guess it reminded me a lot of raising arizona obviously the kind of uh do you leave that wildness behind or you become a family yeah. man kind of thing uh and the and just the way that it looks, just like the west, like the the out in the desert and the browns and everything, mm-hmm. and the way. It, but that scene it's shot, that scene where they have they pull over, and they have that crane yeah, shot yeah. with uh, with Cheryl and Flint. It was Cheryl and Finn. No, oh that's God. not what I'm talking about. Wait. I'm talking about the oh, crane yeah. shot where she's she, uh, Lula's driving because Sailor's tired. The radio, and she's listening mm. to the radio, and she freaks oh, yeah. out because she can't stand like they're like I said they're they're an island. They're just two people yes. isolated with just each other, and the outside world like creeps in via the radio, and she can't stand it. So she like asks yeah. for for him to intercede and they pull over and they get the music on and they start dancing and then you have that wonderful crane shot mm-hmm. and then as yeah. the crane like lifts up and the music cuts to like the classical piece and it's just it's just like unexpectedly achingly beautiful in a yeah. way that i don't think the coen brothers are interested in 
there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of stylistic differences that I I would oh, disagree. I, I'm not with, saying with. oh stylistically it's very different. But other I mean, but just like thematic wise is what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But there are so disparate. There's and such just disparate similarities between it's shot, maybe because of the time and where it's shot, and, and it's got Nick Cage in it. Like, yeah. I, this is one of the rare Nick Cage movies where they have shots of him listening. His character listens. Oh yeah. Which it, it's it's very rare. I mean, I, I don't think you'll see it very much at all past 1990, where you'll actually have a reaction shot of of Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. And I was watching. I watched um, Stagecoach week before last because because of all this, we've got. Uh, criterion channel like the the three mm -hmm. the three of us do right yeah. um so i watched dave coach and um john wayne is really young in it i mean he's i think he's got like 10 years of crummy cowboy movies under his belt but he's still like really young like about nick cage's mm. age it's, it's comparable is yeah, what i'm saying yeah. and a lot of the shots are of him reacting because he's not the big star yet so you have a lot of shots right. where, where he's listening um, yeah. instead of, and, it, and it's the same thing with Nick Cage, where I was watching this and there's just a lot of, and you actually get to see him because a lot of acting is in the reaction. I think that you get a more mm. subtle or there, there's a sublime quality to, to this performance because of that. Yeah. I think yeah. that the movie to me, like if I, like, I, like, I agree that like, there's a, like the, about the, the family man to put that aside. Or right. Like, well, and the then future? it, it was a big, it was a picaresque cartoon. If I'm going to be pretentious, <laughs> head up my ass about it. Like for like their, their relationship is strong, but it's, I mean, it's one, there's so much, it's not, it's in a way that even like, early Raimi or like it's telling you the re relationships like yes they're in love and this is my jacket it represents my individuality <laughs> and that's like and I, yeah, love I want that. to talk about that yeah yeah so yeah like so what I think the movie is about uh like I feel like that like David Lynch strongest suits totally is getting like he's working through personal demons so he's like there is a degree of self-help to his work or you right. know that you can tell he's working through personal issues and one of them is pretty clearly sex uh and i think that others like he's got i think and he's got these two other areas and one of which is i Fatherhood. think that well i no i i was gonna well yeah let's fold that in i think individuality mm-hmm mm -hmm. Like, I think that he sucked up a certain amount of that, uh, you know, that libertarian aesthetic, that uh, American Western, like that cowboy, like the thing that they, the, like, that appealed to a lot of artists in the oh, yeah. post-war America is this, like, you know, the rebel, the, the like, all of those, these icon, icons, we sort of liked them because they were countercultural, but they were also reinforcing a certain type of ideology that I do think that slowly over the course of, of his life that David Lynch starts souring on. Because this whole book on the Catch the Big Fix is literally just about like communal, like he believes in a shared consciousness. Like, you know, a lot I, of, like, I a actually lot of think age, that this is a part of the, this is a part of the character arc. That's why yeah. it's so, it's, it's why it's so important at the, that's why the gang scene at the end and the jacket mm -hmm. comment at the beginning 
exist is because Mm -hmm. whenever he says at the beginning it's like the first thing you know about the character because the idea of individuality and freedom is a young man's game okay so what you're actually seeing him is that takes this belief takes him Mm -hmm. down a road the that road change irreparably changes him and at the end of the movie he tries to go like go back to the old me by like like turning away from lula with this individually bs but your child barely knows me honey right, <laughs> right. so and and, and then he issues that for the he is you know for the more like collective family unit at the end so it's like i don't i think it's it's he a never part takes of, a jacket off though does he i think he gets no. he gets beat up with it and i think i think that's right but he never leaves it behind that big symbol nah, i don't think this represents my sure I, mean, I don't yeah. i don't think no i don't think so no yeah. but i i think that that's why I think it's a part of his his arc that yeah. at the beginning is that no I think so too and I think that it is about like I do think that like there is something about the West in it it is a Western in that regards I mean because they're they're going out west they're going to go to California every fucking Westerns like that they end up waylaid in in a small town in Texas and then they have to go pull a heist on a feed right. on a Big fucking dry goods the, store yeah, yeah fuck and, you. And, <laughs> And and there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of outlaws that assemble and a madam that keeps track of where all the outlaws go from. I mean, like it's pretty like you know it, it's a western, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's a lot of tropes in that. And you come along as a bat, you know, a true black hat who yeah. Know, I mean, he's I a, met, bl- he's a black from angel. Atlantic St- <laughs> yeah, I'm a black angel. <laughs> he's I, the, the the line that stuck out to me. This was like they gave me a boner with a capital O. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, Man Defoe. Man Defoe. <laughs> Another actor, like, I feel like that maybe David Lynch never cast him again because it was like, that's just too on the nose. Right. He's Bobby Peru. We're, t- yeah. we're too con. Well, we're just too con. Like, we, 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 we would work well, too well together. Uh-huh. I, I you know. Um, also, like, uh, like, but I do, yeah, like, that's something that I, I do think that that was Lynch trying to work through that. But the other thing that I think is where, where I do think like, like that I think that it shows a little bit of age is the violence, the sort of extreme violence at the end. And then the, and I do think it has a point. Like, I don't think he's being random uh, or necessarily uh, sensational with that. But I think obviously it's a, he does it, but like, it's another interesting lens through which I viewed this movie because this movie came out in like 1990 yeah and I I kind of like it's kind of an entryway into a that kind of gonzo 90s ultraviolet oh my god oh I definitely think so yeah you know like natural born killers could even call a ripoff of it's like so you know natural born killers is a movie but it's just like a guy being like let me do weird shit and they do shit and and you could you could watch this on the surface level and think oh it's just weird shit happening and i'm gonna do that and then you come out with natural born killers maybe i wonder if that's one of the core reasons he dislikes tarantino yeah is that he feels like that tarantino took a style of his and, and turned it into something that he hates. And that's got to be, re- he's got to resent that. Right. Because I do feel that, like, Natural Born Killers, which was written by Tarantino, even though it wasn't directed by, uh, like, has a lot of, it feels like this, but in real, like, I, 
It's a much in, worse movie. But watching it, I realized that, yeah. like, yeah. But I was like, oh, they're not like, I for, in my mind, I don't know if I married them too. But I was like, they're not psycho killers. They're just dumb kids in this movie. No, and I, that's, you know, that's what I don't, watching they don't this, have like, this complicated He only really kills murder. people at the beginning and at the end. It's like, was I, I was waiting for an orgy of violence through the whole film. And it's like, it's not really that. People die, but it's not like Nick, it's not. Lula and Sailor going on a killing spree. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. My. Uh, it's not. Natural born killers are bad. I mean, but it. It. I. I do one. It. I do well, think of natural born killers a lot when I watch this. Right. Movie. Well, even Tarantino hates natural born killers because of what uh, Stone sure, did. But... Just said, let's just do weird shit because it felt like Stone saying, "I'm going to take the script," which probably what it wasn't great but it was like i'm and i'm gonna lynch it up with just weird shit for no reason just a weird shit out one of the that's great what things i hate the most about I, that movie is I that think, it's just like there's no thought behind it. it's just like it's just throw shit at the wall and you could watch lynch and think that's what he's doing but it's lynch is more thoughtful than that yeah i think everything everything in this everything that happens in this movie happens for a reason and it's because, oh, yeah. you know, yes. and, and they're yeah, trying yeah, yeah, to communicate yeah. it's not just something weird it's actually mm -hmm. trying to communicate yeah. something about the lives of the the characters in the right. story that's kind of like but this movie as people seeing that and getting it wrong i felt like a lot of mm -hmm. tarantino and 90s that we even talked about that perdido durango movie which i was going to bring up as like one of the <laughs> quintessential gonzo 90s derivatives of this which turns out to be it was a it's a movie Actual based sequel. on the sequel to the book or something like, mm -hmm. and it's like okay because that movie is bad and it's like it feels like we're gonna rip off this movie. Yeah, Did you ever see that movie, it, Wade? Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite directors. Alex de la Iglesia is a great director, but, but that, movie's that movie's bad. Not great. Yeah, because that was he's a Spanish director who. It's made films in Spain, and his Spanish movies are great. He's kind of, it's weird. He's got kind of a Coen Brothers kind of aesthetic with, all, and the way that I see a lot of his, the movies I've seen in Spain of like, they're not movie star look at people because it's Spanish and it's quirky and whatnot. But like, then the Perdido Durango, where the American title is Dance with the Devil. Uh, with Rosie Perez and Javier Bardem, it's a bad movie in the way that 90s movies were bad. And it was supposed to be his entry into Hollywood, like John mm. Woo's, you know, in the 90s was coming in as a foreign director or whatever. Sure. And it, well, his movies in America sucked ass too. Yeah, and this off. one falls flat, but they did really well, and this one didn't do well. One of the and, things yeah. I really like about Wild at Heart is that it's one of the, it's, these characters are in between childhood and adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a story you don't get to see that rendered so believably in in movies very often. Um, these people can mm -hmm. have the experiences of adults, and they're able to do everything that adults can do, but they're still, you know, stuck in their at like they don't have an adult skill set to deal with mm -hmm. with life so yes they have they can go on a road and they can go anywhere they want as adults but you know like all like kids their money like there's no forethought they don't have that skill set for planning or looking ahead because they're still kids because i'm uh, wild at heart <laughs> well <laughs> i think it, there's and a it, version of this movie that ends with uh, Sailor and Lulu raiding the Capitol building to preserve the election <laughs> yeah, right. of Donald Trump. Like, we didn't think about this very much, did we? Right. Like, yeah, there's a, there's an Sailor. end that 
that, that ends with them going out in a blaze of bullets and dying at the end too, right? There's a lot in that last scene where he gets out of oh, prison yeah. at the end of the thing. He gets out of prison and they've got a son and, and they're together again and they can be a family. And clearly she's still Lulu, but she's done some shit to get her life together because she's raised a kid. Right. For five years. So like, and she has a nice convertible car. So I mean like, <laughs> so uh, I guess she kept the car, but the, right. you know, so they, you know, yes, she's, she's, that's kept she's alive. an she's adult structured alive. at this point. She's an adult at that. Right. And he has to make the decision of whether he's going to be an adult. And I do think, they one if wanted to make a parallel to Lynch's life, yeah, and his relationship with the first child and the, the first his first his, what's her name J- Jessica Lynch or Jane Lynch or whatever her name is Jennifer like, Lynch Jennifer Lynch like you know like that you could make that parallel like yeah. that, that, oh, yeah. that's there for you it's the reverse of uh, Eraserhead right but I also think that was a theme of Eraserhead too <laughs> yeah but uh, so I. I, you, but I do think that you you get to see Sailor make the decision to to you know it's the to grow up it's it is raising Arizona, you're right it is that that but but they're a little younger, yeah and, and so that decision is a little bit like harder for them to make it's really interesting I mean it's it's a good story and I like that's why I'm yeah, interested I mean, I in the book. I guess we should talk about for a minute the how all of the stuff around it. The like cuz he he pumps in a lot of like like right. in, like the David they're, Foster Wallace part of it, the entertainment reflective part. The right. that they're aping Wizard of Oz a lot. That the Elvis the Wizard of Oz and Elvis themes really sort of weave throughout in this sort of interesting sort of pop culture so it's right. so surrounded by pop culture right sure. and i mean it's yeah. they go into a small bank in the country with a boy you got a panty on your head so i mean that's yeah. phrasing so but and, <laughs> so, so i mean there's the analogies are there but and this was made yeah, three years later but yeah i mean but the archetypes is still in with their elvis the american the west and yeah and you know, and Wizard, but the of, Wizard Oz, of Oz like, stuff is pretty developed. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, and none of that was in the book. None of the Wizard no. of Oz stuff was, was a part of the book. And that was all hundred percent Lynch. It was like what yeah. he brought to it. And so I do think that Lynch, like all the other great artists of his, I mean, you think of fucking literature, there's Don DeLillo and David Foster Wallace and him. There's like that, like, and, fuck uh, Tarantino and uh, Scorsese are just obsessed by the American culture from Boomer like the, the mid, mid, mid-century oh, yeah. American culture they are so like that is such a presence in their work it's a touchstone yes and it is such a touchstone for every one of their generations like so you have to like everybody's using it in some way and so this is I think this is the one where he's using it the, the hardest chorus like with right. such direct, like you yeah, know, like that. There's a wicked witch, and the, the Lula is based and then off Dorothy, of Dorothy or the the good witch comes. Lula right. is supposed to be Marilyn Monroe. Lynch said in the DVD extras that Lula, yeah. it's oh, Lula yeah. is Marilyn Monroe, and Sailor is Elvis. I mean, but the Elvis <laughs> stuff, it means it makes sense that this guy who who has had by his own admission no real like parental guidance, being raised by pop yeah. culture, and aping like you know a rock star or whatever like that's how mm-hmm. he figures that's how he wants to move through the world is through popular culture 
in lieu of every actual parental guidance. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 No, no, totally. So, yeah. So far, I mean, maybe with maybe excluding Elephant Man, but not really. This feels like the least there's personal details to Lynch's life that are irrefutable, but like it felt mm. like him just like, yeah, but I'm just going to go make a film about like America and all the archetypes I can fit into it. Like the criminal, the 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 greaser, the the Elvis, Wizard of Oz. You know, I think yeah. he uses it to flesh it out, but I don't think he uses archetypes. And I don't think he, because the book had a native structure that he, that, that was there before he got, like the relationship between these two characters existed before Lynch got his hands on it, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. But even and the for criminal, that, it's just like, criminal. I love you and I love you and you just take it for granted. No, like, you don't. The, they don't. No, they have a very real give and take. They, they have shared trauma that in their moments, the, the post-coital bliss mm-hmm. that they like, they have real intimacy that goes beyond and that's that's shown in the movie. Like that's what I real mean, intimacy not, is, is where they in I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the love story is really well rendered. I think it's but it's it's rendered very well. But it doesn't uh-huh. it's not like it's not they don't spend time on the character maybe this development is, maybe of getting this to that. Is they where, just show it to you, and that's fine. I'm yeah. not complaining about that. But, but they like, they show it to you in an organic way. Like that's that's what really happens in those moments. Like that's the kind of stuff that people Lynch really talk about. Yeah, right. like Lynch being all about the mood. He it reveals can, it to strip, you, but it's not yeah. revealed by the story. It's revealed by just the scene. Well, that's that's what I think that that's where Lynch, that's where Lynch is best. Yeah, is when he's like fucking like let me. What is the mood? What is the emotion that I want to get? What is the the exhilaration, that feeling of love, the engine going fast on the highway? Like like that's what I like when I say that like. Like the thing that I keep like thinking about with Lynch is how like I think it, he's an oversensitive guy. Like I don't mean that in a negative way. Like his he's he senses things at a higher level. Like maybe not than normal people. I'm not saying he's got superpowers, but that like they like the world is just louder. His his horniness is louder. His excitement's louder. His fear is louder. Like the things are just louder. He knows how to focus on them and 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 not look away. And so he goes, well, what's it like to be in love? Because Lynch is always in love because he's always leaving his wives for new loves. <laughs> right. like, and so, like, he knows a way to, like, to, to find a language that's not – that's visual and, 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 and relational and not through dialogue or structure and just do it. And so, like, you have these moments where, yeah, they're talking about their past. She tells them about her rape and all of that. Or he just says, and, you were raped, right? And says, yeah. It, it's yeah, like, but like, you get it, to see that so, like there was a. But there yeah, was they, they had yeah. that that wasn't their first conversation about it though. Yeah, and no, he, no, he doesn't it, even say it like that. He just says he like he calls it something completely different. Yeah, and no, it feels like, like he calls it. You were, he raped you when you were thirteen, right? I thought that's like he says, and it was a little jarring to hear. It's like whoa, because like this uh, is heavy. I and think it's that treated that, like Lynch is a weird guy. Like he. I even think that's funny for all I know. The famous shot where he's like punching in the air like Elvis. Yeah. And she's dancing and the and the pu- and her cotton balls from her foot feet are like tan- like that's oh, a this, this like, scene that, transition. Like, oh my that god. That might not intellectually get you there, but that like emotionally gets you there. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So like there there's that and then the the them pump it down the car and like the Oh the music. The music's amazing in this film too. But just like <laughs> Yeah, it is. The metalhead like like I was like, oh that just that that brought me in immediately, just like when it the switch between like just like kind of 
Yeah, this might be the first movie to re- major movie to really acknowledge heavy metal. Like it's like a struck because it it wasn't like it that you know you think of like American heavy metal, like there's Metallica shirts and shit and right and like that thrash metal, like that was late. And to like absorb that into Americana, which is like mm-hmm. yes, it's like American archetypes of like and that's that's well, part and of- I think that that's one of the parts of it is that he wants those things. Like if he just made it sing Elvis he wants the spirit of Elvis right but if he just did Elvis shit then that'd be like old people shit because Elvis is old people shit so he has to bring in the metal to get the aggressiveness to register with a like with a new audience and then just the switch from the the band playing just like this thrash metal like oh you guys know Elvis and then they're just it's like I mean and that's where the dream logic where he doesn't like yeah also, first, yeah, you're right. Is this? He said, "But honey, I thought you told me that your uncle Pooch. Ra- that's right. Your uncle Pooch raped you yeah. when you were 13. That's yeah. what. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa. But that's what <laughs> she brought it up, though. She I did, also yeah. think that that paints. I also think that that paints themselves as living in a world where that. Yeah, it's horrible, but it's not uncommon, right? You know, and so. That tells you a little bit about because yeah, she says her, her. My mom told me when I was fifteen that boys would want something from me. Like, wait a minute, you were yeah. Sailor, you yeah. were something else, honey. When I was fifteen, Mama told me that pretty soon I'd be starting to think about sex, and I should talk to her before I did anything about it. And, and then Sailor says, yeah. "But honey, I thought yeah." It's played almost comedically, which is almost more jarring. But like another thing i don't particularly like if i'm going to throw out a a criticism is i don't think diane ladd is very good in this movie what i think she's fantastic (laughs) i don't think she's very good i really i I really it worked for she her her mania worked for me maybe i need to get on that i i I think i agree with both of you i don't know that she was that great but it worked what i think (laughs) i I guess i was thinking because because she's very in a lot of the things that she does in the way that he films her, and I like it's not a fair comparison because you haven't watched Twin Peaks, but he, he it's also, it's the way that he also frames uh, Grace Zabrinsky, who's in this movie, uh, as, uh, playing the other the one with the leg, Isabella the lady, Rossellini, the, the lady with the leg. Yes, the uh, lady yeah. with the leg. Yeah, yeah. And there's she, a thing, he's got a thing with prosthetics or crutches. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. He's got a. I, okay, like he's got a lot of like infirm people, but he also casts a lot of like like infirmed or maimed like black people. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like he doesn't cast a lot of black people, but when he does, it's always problematic. <laughs> that's something I'm starting to pick yeah, up on him. That's the thing about the the at the beginning of this movie, Roger Ebert called the, the yes he did. called yeah, it he, racially he, he, motivated. Hmm. He made it. He thought that, and oh, because you know, I get his point. Opens up with them. Yeah, was such a violent murder right. from yeah. a character that we're supposed to ostensibly relate to. Yeah, and there are problems. There are definitely problematic aspects yeah. of this movie that have not held up very like as a few as as I've been about you know the the character yeah. stuff. I mean, they're they're jarring. I, I kind of like yeah. I don't know. Like I think that like he does it again. Okay, like like we can talk about it next week. But in like like Lost Highway, he casts uh, Richard Pryor like, but at the end of his life when he's uh-huh. when he was, and I I felt like there's there's man like, that would have been a surprise to me. I didn't know that. I didn't I'm sorry, either, but, I, but yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but like I uh, may have heard like, that and forgot it. But like it's kind of gawky 
you know? Like, I feel like, like... Oh, talk about uh, Perdido Durango and Dance with the Devil, the Alex de Iglesias sequel to this movie. They, uh-huh. It cast Screaming Jay Hawkins as a uh, Santa Maria guy yeah. with a top hat, uh, voodoo kind of looking yeah. to him. But it's he's actually, not like he's not like got he's not like a stroke victim and like kind of well he's he's old like, he's pretty near the end of his life at that yeah, point so it's but, but like, he's but still, like it's weird yeah. that's, uh, yeah. and we'll watch it I don't know how I feel about it. I felt that way when I first watched it I'll, we're watching it again next week and I'll I'll, I'll I'll I will look into it that way but I was thinking about like the blind the blind black guy and uh, um, the guy that works at his dad's hardware store in Blue Velvet uh-huh. and this and like probably didn't. Like those are the only two black actors I can think of that were in his movies, like up to this point. Uh, and yeah, so I, 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 that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, that Lynch, maybe not have the best view towards that, or I, I at doing that. I, I do want to say I like Harry Dean Stanton in this movie. Oh my uh, god, he yeah, was yeah. so, so good in this. He was so like he, think, he was the yeah. the humanity like. His his yes. emotion that comes through when she tells mm-hmm. her how, like how she she feels about him, oh my gosh, that was some heartbreaking stuff. Because you knew it wasn't going to end well for that guy, that dude. Yeah, yeah, that death scene for him was like, what the? Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> that was weird. It was weird. I I didn't know what to make of it honestly. Like I, it just and yeah, like so I I think this is like the first. I mean, this is the first time they've worked together, and I don't. I think like he's in everything that David Lynch has done since then. I think. I'm not Dean Stanton, really? Yeah, yeah. Including like shit, he died on the set. I he died right after filming his stuff. In I mean, like just like everybody died during Twin Peaks season three, but he was one of them that died while filming Twin Peaks season three. Oh wow! Before we we ought to talk about a little bit about J. E. Freeman. Um, Yeah. he who who had is, one good year in Hollywood because this I'm is the same what, year. I think he should <laughs> go. Which one's the Dane? The Dane oh, from Village Crossing. Hell right. <laughs> I think that he should get into the like the movie villain Hall of Fame because he had like <laughs> because he had that he one had the good, best 1990 ever. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had a better yeah. villain year than that. Yeah, because you look at his career, he was a TV dude. And then he in nineteen nine he does nothing in I don't know he does nothing in eighty nine he is in Wild at Heart at Miller's Crossing, two great movies and like the only movies of his I've ever heard of. Right. I guess he's he's in bit parts in Patriot. You know he's a. Does he ever have another major role again and something like that? I don't know what I don't know. I don't. I, don't I, I think just, oh. I wrote down in his notes is just Mister Santos no and I don't know why. Just, he's I in guess. the he's in the best aliens, uh, Aliens Four. What? Alien? Res- I'm just saying that. Oh, okay, that's a joke. Like, <laughs> what the? Fu- oh, okay, it's a joke. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I I about rolled up my sleeves. <laughs> yes. Along with other Lynch uh, favorites like uh, Brad Dorf. And, oh yeah. And maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Hellboy. I don't think has ever been in a David Lynch movie. Uh, yeah, Ron, Ron Perlman. No, he could though. Well, he I could. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I I I, I like this. Uh, 
at the at the end of the day, I I like he's just a good filmmaker. Like I I, I think that's the thing is that I, I that I don't like I kind of like go with him because I feel like that he's he's dealing. I don't know. I feel like he's doing the work. Like I don't ever feel like he just goes in like dumb autopilot and just makes things. I still I I feel like that all of his works come from some sort of like desire to like like express something within himself or work through these sort right. of personal issues. This felt the most I, dumb I autopilot to me of all the Lynch that I've seen, but in a way I'm not that, agree not that, dumb, but, we'll but like, but in a way that like, he's just having foot, like in that it's a comedy and it's it is looser. Also the apex of his career. Like we should talk about that. Like this is, he is like, he was on the cover of time magazine this year. Oh, yeah. Like he is like the hottest shit. Uh, because of Twin Peaks. This one, oh, right. Palm Dior, and, and I never, I never even thought this was a comedy. Ebert kept on, <laughs> Ebert kept on saying it was a, was a uh, satire. He in covers his it review. over everything. He covers over his violence with comedy. That and that was cheap. Is that what he like? Ebert, like, I always feel like Ebert challenges Lynch in, in, a, in a not unfair way. Right, like, and I, that's why I, I, I keep on coming back to him because yeah. I feel. Yeah. A lot in that Ebert review, folks can go online and find it. It's pretty easy on mm-hmm. Ebert.com, where he actually, he opens up the review saying, like, I seem to have, like, a mental block about David Lynch movies. I admit that. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I, and I'm sort of the same. Like, I, I feel, and I hate things in a very similar way that Roger Ebert does, where I try mm-hmm. to be a little self-aware of it, uh, and then, and then still, like, come at it a thing. Mm-hmm. But... I, he kept on calling this a satire, and I never felt like I just feel like this is sort of out of. Out, I feel what I'm sorry, not like a real sorry. definition. Like I've, it felt like its own thing that it's clearly yeah. just a love story, and like a road I movie. Think that, but I, I think never thought it was a f- Ebert's, funny, deliberately I think funny Ebert's thing. Issue, I think Ebert's issue with it is that he doesn't. He believes. That when Lynch talks about love and uh, like the, the like the end of Blue Velvet, where like the where the Kyle MacLachlan character is in ha- is happy with his life, his dumb blissful like suburban life, he's set up for the rest of his life. And I think that he thought that Lynch would be is is should be cyn- more cynical about those things, right? Because he's an educated artist, like sure. you know, and mm-hmm. and that Lynch could or that Ebert couldn't see that Lynch wasn't trying to be snide right. with this reflection of suburban Americana, but that it is like what it's like a it's like a whoopee to him. It makes him feel comfortable and calm, and that's the life he wants for himself. And and that's and and so it's a part of his language it's not he's not being cynical he's not being snide he really thinks these people are in love and that's a beautiful thing yeah. he really mm-hmm. and that they're and they're they're set up for the rest of their life as long as they they keep that emotion he thinks that like that white picket fences and living in happy neighborhoods with your neighbors is nice and so like that like but, he's not that but complicated. Wade, and Wade even thinks that this is a, like a primarily a comedy too, right? Wade yeah, do. but I don't think that there's a certain. I don't think it's comedy in that it's like cynical at all. And the same way, like at the end of Blue Velvet, like she's like, 
I would never eat a bug that she eats a bug or <laughs> like something like, 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 like a bug. Yeah. In this movie, there's still like when he gives her the candy necklace, just like I'll never eat it, and then she eats it like immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love that set. I yeah, love yeah. that set. Oh, I love it too. And like the the thing that like see, I think I didn't like, see comedy in that as much as it. Like well, I guess the truth of comedy is like the what makes something funny uh, is that it, at its core it's oh, yeah. true. Like, mm-hmm. And and it's not like a broad standard comedy. It's a weird Lynchian comedy that mm. you know. It's hey, not, I, I that, guess I didn't think it when was I call that it a comedy. Weird. I don't think I'm not saying that it's not saying any of the things that you think it does. Like sure, but like even at the very end, like. He he gets punched out. He gets knocked unconscious. He sees the fucking the wicked the the good witch, and mm-hmm. then and then you see the prosthetic. He's got this cartoonish nose where they broke his nose, and he's making like the last shot. He's got a fucking blown up cartoon nose. Okay, on I him. have a like, thought about that, and I think that and it's like it's it's like cartoonish, but like it, and, that's you know, for a reason just, though. It's oh, not for I'm no. Not, that's, I'm not. I'm not my, my I'm not arguing that it's not for a reason. I'm, when I say cartoonish, it's still it's not just no. It is cartoonish. No, I know you don't. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm I'm glad you brought I'm, that up because it it's the same thing as the bird at the end. Lynch realizes that experiences are remembered differently than most people realize when they're thinking about a story or whatever. I didn't remember stuff about this movie but i remember the nose at the end uh-huh. mm-hmm. i didn't remember stuff about blue velvet but i remembered the 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 bird that he leaves you with a powerful image mm-hmm. and in this case they're both i remember ob- the guy standing up with his head blown uh oh yeah i guess like the cop with shot in the head no it's it's uh, and he's it's still uh, standing. it's bobby peru bobby peru's head no gets i'm talking blown. about in blue velvet i'm talking about He's very good at that. showing people shot in the head. Like, but that's I mean, why these images to the head, like the shot Bobby Peru that, and then the black guy. I bet, yeah, mm. yeah. That that was my point. Is that he goes like mm. the nose is big because he realizes he knows he's you le- got to put a you got to put an ornament on. Yeah, it. you've got to put a. He's like yeah, I'm leaving yeah. you. Like this, my my yeah. story is done. I gotta leave you with like powerful images that are gonna make like a deep impression. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I didn't even catch the bug in Blue Velvet until y'all pointed it out. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I don't even know. I think that's more subtle, but I think that like there are like that the fake bird, bird, that the weird fake bird, bird. Oh, yeah, yeah, fake yeah, bird. Yeah. The, right. The, the, the remember. Um, it's I, so I jarring that, and unexpected uh, that you're he, left. He's, with that. he's so great at that. Um, also, another thing, another. I I I think that he makes like and i don't know this is a dumb thing but he shoots movies in rooms that feel the most real ever like whenever you're in someone's house it feels like a real house it doesn't feel like a big spacious movie house or some shit like that or like that you're in the nicest house in the neighborhood or whatever so all of like that i guess this movie like you know you think that they it's a chance to show some wealth and some of these characters do have wealth but they still look like they're in shitty houses and like there's like thin veneer and so like all of these like details because he's a surface like he's he's a maker and so he notices the details of things and so like the like the shag carpets and stuff Mm -hmm. just really work and the vomit and then like the like 
Ebert talked a lot about that is that that was over the top and violent all of the like the show the vomit and the flies and the just the disgusting shit that wasn't just violence and I think that like no I think that that's what that's where like that's where I like Lynch the most when he's really yeah. lo- li- literally looking at something like when it's real when it's deep and uh I think those rooms and I think uh I think he carries that over to the casting of his actors like Harry Dean Stanton and all these people, just like real people, you know, they don't look like movie stars. They just look like, and I, and I like that about him. Mm-hmm. But except for the women that he cast, they're always movie stars. Right. And, <laughs> and of two types. <laughs> right. Well, uh, speaking of types in this, there's the dark woman and then the good. It, yeah. Is there, a, I mean, cause it's David Lynch. Did he, what was his thinking in dying Isabella Rossellini's hair blonde? <laughs> She might have been in the movie too, because um, like she's the dark woman, but she's, she's not. She's kind of yeah. on his side. She in this looks one. like I, don't... I like well, you know when you watch those like mystery science theater movies that are like roadhouse sex movies that they're watching. <laughs> yeah, all the from the fifties and sixties, all the women look like those they two do. women: Grace Zabritsky and Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, <laughs> Island of the Spider Women and all of that shit. All of those women look like that shit. Like, right. Uh, right. I don't know if that was just a type uh, yeah. back in the 50s. Because I was just like, yeah. David Lynch probably had ideas with about her blonde hair there. And mm-hmm. I just, I, thought, I wonder what those were. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, probably something I'm missing. Some sort of, yeah. But, well, he was with her too. Uh, I know. While filming right? this. And then uh, left her for the editor of this movie. <laughs> really? The editor? There's yeah. a Mary Sweet. The dude edited this. Uh, the sec is is one of the editors Mary Sweeney. I think it's like a second editor or something. Oh, really? the <laughs> his th- yeah. one of them is his third wife. So, well, that's wild. How many wives is he on right now? Uh, I think he's got an arrangement with his fourth wife. Okay. Uh, and there's Christabel, which I assume is somewhere in his yeah. life. Let's say who? Right. Uh, the the woman who sings for him. <laughs> Oh, the like then he gave a pretty predominant role in Twin Peaks season three. Hmm. Not necessarily on her quality acting performance, but okay. He always likes to cast people who can't really sing and makes them sing. Yes. Yeah. Nick Cage in this. (laughs) That's a pretty good Elvis, I thought. He does (laughs) love watching people sing. That's a thing in all of his movies. Oh yeah. I mean, like, shit. Like, and that's another thing, like, uh, talk about stuff that he starts in, like, like the Roadhouse scenes in this. Like, part of the Twin Peaks season three is, like, a series of vignettes in, in a roadhouse. And so, like, he likes what, like, he likes writing. Like, I don't know. Like, he's working. Like, I feel like the start of a style, like, this is where, like, the new evolution to where uh-huh. he eventually gets. And I so, feel like this is, this is a spiritual, like, rubber soul and uh the other one revolver is like and and this is and the first two stroke albums and then this and blue velvet (laughs) blue velvet and this feels feels similar to each other yeah they're like they're definitely yeah yeah. and he never he leaves the style like even firewalk with me but like this is by far like from the, the movies get weirder Oh yeah. So yeah, this felt more straightforward and yeah. visually it was a. I mean, just maybe it was just 
because I was watching it in on an older uh, transfer. Mm-hmm. And then like all these criteria on channel versions and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, what you you watched was from from 2004 MGM DVD. And it did, and it did feel the transfer did it did feel like old, even though it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't think this has been. I don't know if this has a Blu-ray. Right, it does. There was one. There was one that was released. I think Shout Factory released it in 2018. I didn't. Oh, okay. I, didn't oh, I did not opt yeah. for that when I was shopping for physical because it. Oh, it, I see it here. Because it doesn't have a new. It hasn't been restored. the The Blu-ray looks like this, and that's the. the it looks like oh, the 2004 oh, yeah. DVD. Straight transfer. It's right. Right. right, and right. that's what like had a bunch of people up in arms when I was researching like what the purchase. The, so <laughs> if you're looking to get Wild at Heart, just go on eBay and buy like a four dollar DVD and have it mailed to your house. That's the best. That's what and I did. Someone needs to curate like his like. This, pretty, this I mean, one has slipped done. through the cracks in the way that I don't understand. Yeah. I do not understand. Yeah. I think it's because even though it won the Palm Door, it's kind of a hated movie. It was hated mm-hmm. at the time. Like I like it's known like at the time it was just the movie that Wicked Game came from. Oh, <laughs> like that's my yeah. least favorite thing and, about this movie. I, <laughs> I, this is the most I've ever loved Wicked Game, honestly. <laughs> I don't, guys, that video when I was oh, well, young. Was take very it back. That's a, it's me. the second most I've ever loved. Yeah, I, I forgot video, the song, but I remember the video. Th- that video was very formative to me. Right uh, before we had the internet. Um, you for, just had to for wait young boys. This, you had to wait till the Wicked Game video came up. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, and I think he directed that video, too. So, all right. Uh, we are going to skip um, because, uh, the, like, I don't think either one of y'all know Twin Peaks enough to watch basically a movie that's oops, all spoilers. Well, I think that, what, yeah, we're going to skip the Twin Peaks movie, not just because of that, yeah. but because Twin Peaks needs to be assessed on its, its own. own. thing, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, and, I, yeah, there's a lot, like, and yeah, I am there's not a lot equipped of to do that bullshit. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to skip that and go to Lost Highway and then Mulholland Drive and then Inland Empire. Wait, Straight Story is in there, right? Straight Story. That's that's the most formal movie he's made since. Right. That's after Lost Highway? That's after Lost Highway, okay. but before Mulholland Drive. Right. So literally like a like a like a like a breather film. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we all have Disney yeah. Plus, right? Because we got kids. Yeah. It's on yes. Disney. Yep. Did he do yeah. that? Like, like, is there some? There's not a contractual reason he did it. He just did it because he wanted to do it, right? He wanted to prove to people that he could. I felt like, oh, David Lynch is a weirdo. Oh my god. We'll definitely, we'll Look, definitely okay. unpack the yeah. why and yeah. the where, so people yeah, stay really. tuned for but our. We have Lost Highway. Point. Yeah, we have we have uh, we have Bill Pullman uh, to right. go through. I still haven't and watched I, a straight story, so it'll be fun. Trisha Peak, I, and I haven't seen Lost Highway, so I'm looking forward to this. Peak Pullman, too, because he just came off oh, of... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. He just came off of Independence Day. So we're... Yeah peak, yeah. peak Pullman. I think that, like, he had to do Pullman to get funding or something. Like, he's in the funding... Like, oh, after yeah. this, you he got... It. I think after this, he met some people in France and Germany... And he just never had to worry about Hollywood really giving him shit again if he didn't want it. Because he mm-hmm. always had overseas. Cause so this is the last, until Twin Peaks, this is uh, season three, this is the like 
the last movie he made that was predominantly financed in America. Makes sense. Yeah. So I think like he got like this movie is probably consequential in that regard for his career too. It's because now he never has to listen to notes. Oh yeah. Uh, from this point on, so. Wow, that's right, pretty we, awesome. We, that's a great note to go out on. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, three to All lunch right. out. Three to lunch out. Desire